Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, today I want to talk to us specifically about the local church and for the next little bit. And you know when I say that, it's probably going to be the next little bit. But I want us to hear with our spirit. And, you know, it's been strong with Pastor to remind us what, about what the Lord told us in the latter stages of 2019 to get us prepared for 2020, okay? And I, and I like reading this second paragraph. This is what has been so strong, I believe. 2020 will be a year of decision, a year when a stand will have to be made. I mean, you can leave it at that. And, and God, God was telling us that those two sentences are profound. 2020 will be a year of decision. Now, 2020 is not over, and we're going to have more decisions to make. But as of right now, you and I, we need to, if, if you haven't, and I believe that you have, but if you haven't chosen to make a stand, please make one. Because it's a year when a stand will have to be made. Now, what I want to encourage us is that according to the word, and we'll see this, Let's go to 1 Timothy 3.15. You have a firm foundation in, on which to make your stand. And that is truth. Now we know that according to John 17.17, 17, this word is truth, correct? Well, 1 Timothy 3.15 says, But if I tarry long, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's why you do what you do, faith builders. That's why we do what we do. That's why I believe the Lord was telling me church is not an obligation but a celebration. It's an opportunity to celebrate the pillar and the ground of the truth that has been brought into our lives. Right? That's why it's so important that we that however you come to church, if you're joining us online, praise God. We're happy and just so elated that you would join us. If you come together with us corporately, praise God. Because you know the pillar and the ground of the truth is the local church. And it's going to change your life forever. Amen. You recall that, that the Lord had spoke through our pastor that this, this uh, location, the Little Rock location, all of our fellowship churches are a place for people to go and have their lives rebuilt, right? I mean, again, I can, I can just speak from my own experience. I know where my life was before I came to the local church, and I know where my life is now. It's been rebuilt, but it had to be rebuilt on a firm foundation, the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's why the local church is so important in each and every one of our lives. The church is the mainstay, the supporting column, the foundation of the truth. You know, 
if we look around today and we look in the world, you know, a lot of people might say the truth is being abandoned. You know, you look around, you might have that same, uh, that same feeling or that same inclination. Truth is being abandoned. Truth, if, if not abandoned, put on the shelf. And it's because I believe people are abandoning where they can find the truth. People are looking for answers, but they're not finding the right ones. They're, they're not finding the truth. Where's the truth found? In the Word. Where did I find the Word? I found it in the church. You know, I, and I'm not ashamed to repeat stories. That's fine with me. You might, you might not like it, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I used to sit clear in the back. I didn't want anything to do with nothing. I didn't, I didn't bring a Bible, and, and, and that was beside the point. I didn't bring a Bible because I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. I was intimidated. Uh, you know, what, what's God have to speak to me? You know? Uh, there wasn't anything, there was no reason to come to church, but the only, I'll, I'll come and, and maybe she'll leave me alone. Uh, but little by little, you know, the more you're around the truth, and the more you listen, and then the more the Holy Spirit can start working on you. And it, it wasn't overnight, but little by little, that pillar and that ground and that stability that the local church brought, I could see working. I could see it working in her. I could see, I could see someone that I married that wasn't very confident now had confidence. And it was a godly confidence. Uh, you know, she learned a lot of that in school at FBIMA. She got a lot of confidence because she was learning about the truth. She was learning about the Word of God. And I said, you know, she's changing. And I can either sit back here and keep being who I am, or I can change with her. And what it took was the local church. And again, it wasn't overnight. It was a process. It took, <laughs> it's taking years. I was going to I haven't arrived. It, was, it took years. No, it's taking time as we're all growing into this. But I want to encourage you, the more that you come, the more that you listen, the more that you connect, the more power that you receive. It's just like taking a plug and putting it in the wall. I can stand here and with that amplifier and unplug it and wish it worked. But until I plug it into the power, until I connect to the power source that's already here, nothing's going to change. I had to connect, okay? See, there's a lot of movements going on today in the world and, you know, that a lot of people are involved in that try to move us away from the truth. I mean, there's a lot of distractions in the world that try to get you to move away from the truth. And they're subtle. You know, they might even look like a good thing, but are they the truth? You know, in many of these distractions, if you want to call them that, or movements, it seems like it's a free-for-all. It seems like they just, people just do whatever they want. Well, guess what? That's not how it is in the church. And I needed that. See, in other words... In some of these movements, there's nobody to submit to. Now, don't recoil from that word submit. If you hear me use the word submit, and you will, 
think of it as connect. Think of it as a connection. I don't want you to suddenly think, oh, here's a message about submitting to your pastor. That's not what this message is about. This message is about connecting to the foundation of the truth in your life. Will it involve submitting to your pastor? Yes. But that's connecting. Connecting to the office. Connecting to the anointing. Okay? So that's, that's key. See, if we look around and people are looking for answers, and we've got the answer, we need to be encouraging people to come to church. Because if this is where, and this is where I say my life changed, why wouldn't I want everybody to know? Okay? More and more people feel as if they don't have to go to church in order to grow. Well, that's, that's not true. I can't sit at home and, and never tune in, never open my Bible. See, again, it's why do we come to church? You have to ask yourself, am I going to fulfill an obligation Am I going to check off my box for the week with God? Or am I going to celebrate all he's done for me? Am I going because this is where my life has changed? This is where God spoke to me about my family. This is where God spoke to, be, spoke, spoke to me about my marriage, spoke to me about my finances, spoke to me about my health. Is, is, that, is that where it was? Yeah. So I honor him. Because I, I, want, I, want to keep myself, I want to keep myself in a position to consistently receive. And where have I received the most? At church. This is where I receive. Now, can I receive at home? Yes, absolutely. Do I grow spiritually in my personal time and in my personal study? Yes. And so do you. But where, where is that corporate anointing the strongest? In the local church. And I know, and that's why you're here. I might be preaching to the choir a little bit, but that's okay. You, we need to build our faith in why we come to church. Look at Hebrews 10. Again, you, you'll know this scripture. And sometimes, and I promised, I promised the Lord that, see, my position, I am in no position to correct. I am not a corrector. When I'm behind this pulpit, I don't correct. So if you feel like I'm correcting you, it's not me. It might be the Holy Spirit. I say it might be. I am not, it is the Holy Spirit. You are not being condemned. You might be being convinced. Okay? So please, I'm here to edify, I'm here to encourage, and I'm here to exhort. Okay? So listen to this. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Let's start in 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do we see the day approaching? Yes. Absolutely. So according to Scripture, not according to me, according to Scripture, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Right? The message says, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. I'm supposed to be spurring you on. 
you're supposed to be cheering me on. You know, when we come to church, you know, it's, we don't come to church to compete with our brother and sister. Uh, you know, really, we don't even come to church to share our latest, greatest revelation. We come to church to hear what God would have to say to us corporately as a body through our man and woman of God. And, and that's, why, that's why they say, they being our pastors, it's so important that we bring our supply. Because utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Meaning, those Holy Spirit utterances that come through our pastors are greatly affected by you and me in the seat. If we bring our supply, my goodness. And you do. That's why it flows so freely here. Because you bring your supply. You bring an expectancy. You expect to hear God speak to you. And he does. Over and over and over. Because we value the local church. Amen? See, the context here is that there were people who were intentionally avoiding coming to worship. I'm not talking about those that have to miss for legitimate reasons, job, you name it. These are... these. People here, these contexts here, are intentionally avoiding coming to worship. Well, I can speak to that. I used to intentionally avoid coming to worship. Okay? The word says, when I avoid church, I'm not in a position to be stirred up in love and good works. Well, it's so true. If I intentionally avoid church, who's there to cheer me on? Who's there to tell me, hey, come on? Let's get going. Did you hear what pastor said? Nobody. Because I'm, I'm out on an island. I'm a lone ranger. I think I got it all figured out. See, speaking from experience, I didn't need, here's one, I didn't need a man telling me nothing. I know what's good for me. And, I, and this was, I sure don't need another man telling my wife. How to, see, you see all the stupid things the enemy would try to get in my head? Because at the end of the day, he knows where my answer is. So he's trying to divide me and keep me away from the house of God. So when I was avoiding church, I wasn't put in a position to be stirred up. Going to the local church should stir you up. You should leave the local church better than before you came in. And that's amazing for some of us because I know how good some of you come in. You're ready to rock. You're ready to go. And think of that. Think how you're supercharged by the time you float out of here. I have floated home before because you, you're like, I can do anything. I, my pastor showed me from the word that I'm more than a conqueror. He showed me I'm healed. He showed me I'm blessed. I'm rich. I'm, I'm what the word says I am. Well, I wouldn't have heard that sitting at home, right? I, intentionally missing. What God wanted to show me, I had to come to church. And praise God, you're here. You want to hear what God has to say. So when I avoided church, I was never stirred to do more than I thought I was. I was never stirred to become better. I was never stirred to even think I had a destiny, let alone go after it. 
You know, how many of you would be so honest to raise your hand and to say, you know, you didn't even know what your destiny was before Jesus found you and you got in the local church? You had no clue. Here's another one. When I avoided church, I was never stirred to think of others above myself. Selfish. Man, I was selfish. I never thought of anybody more than me because it was all about me. Well, and then I learned that somebody took a beating for me. I mean, went to the cross and had every disease poured out, known to man, on him for me. That'll, that'll squash that selfishness in a hurry. I mean, you, you, when you realize who's living on the inside of you, when you finally surrender and, and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, okay, and you renew your mind like Romans tells you to do, that selfishness, that'll leave. Man, and, and pride, oh my goodness. Thank you for not kicking me out of the church. <laughs> Thank you. I was prideful. I was selfish. I was arrogant. I knew everything. And I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. And you kept loving me anyway. Thank you. When I avoided church, I was never stirred to fulfill the plan and purposes of God for my life. Didn't even know I had a plan. Didn't even know. But here we are. You know, God has a plan for every person sitting in this auditorium. God has a plan for every person that's listening online. God has a plan for every person that might listen to this message in the future. Amen. You are good enough. <laughs> you are valuable enough. You measure up. You know, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with what the world has told you. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what you see, you got to see, when you look in the mirror, you got to see what God sees. And the only way that I have found is to see myself in here. And God says, that's who I am. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You hear me? It don't matter. Oh, you're tearing me up. <laughs> you're good enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. You're good enough. You're good enough. He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians that you're a new creature. If you've made him the Lord of your have, have you made him the Lord of your life? I believe you have. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You're new. You're brand new. That means you're good enough. That means all those old things, they're gone. You're a new creature in him. Not a, not a cleaned up version, new. Not an not a, not a old version that's just been patched up and repainted. You're 
brand new. You're brand new in him. You're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. And there's a plan and a purpose for God, of God for you and everybody in here. You're good enough to do it. He wouldn't ask you to do it if he didn't think you were good enough. You're righteous. The Bible says we're righteous. That means we're in right standing with him. Where did we learn all these things? In the local church. From the word. Going to the local church teaches the discipline of submission. So what did I say there? Connection. There's a discipline to connecting. There's a discipline to submitting, and not just to, to the pastor, but to the word. If, if we want to succeed, we've got to submit to what the word says. Because we can know what's in the word. We can, we can shout about what's in the word. But if I'm not submitting to what the word says, then how can I expect it to work in my life? Okay? Let's look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, start in verse 11. And he gave some that he is Jesus. So Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers. For what? Why did Jesus give these, these gifts? For the perfecting of the saints, for us. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they, they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So the context here is that I'm not under the teaching of a pastor in the local church. If I'm not under that teaching, if I'm not under that, I'll remain a child. I won't grow. Number two, if I'm not under that teaching, I can be carried away with false doctrine. You know, and, and I'll get into that. Thirdly, I can be deceived. But if I'm in a church, a Bible-believing church, with a, here you go, a pastor that's submitted to the call of God on his life, don't you think we're safe, right? Because he's submitted to God. And now, if he's submitted to God, and he is, and she is, they are, you know that, you are so safe. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. When I'm under the truth, those things I just mentioned, they're not possible. You see that? If I'm under the truth, I'm not going to be deceived. If I'm under the truth, I'm not going to be carried away by every wind of doctrine. If I'm under the truth, I'm not going to remain a child. Amen. You have no choice but to grow. When the word is coming forth in your local church, you're going to grow. You just are if you're here. Amen. Right? Amen. 
And you are, so you're growing. Submission is not mind control, my family. Connection is in submission, it's not mind control. What does pastor always say? My mind is my mind. I choose. Look at Romans. Look at Romans chapter 12. And it's a responsibility. Submission is not mind control. Submission is a a responsibility so that God can help me. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I, we get to choose if we're going to renew our mind or not. We get to choose if we're going to submit to the word, if we're going to submit to the spiritual authority over us. We get to choose if we're going to connect. It's a wonderful choice. But it's, it's, a, it's a choice of responsibility. Okay? So by being submitted, by being connected, we're saying that God can, in fact, use other people to teach us something. Here's the thing, and I can say that because when I would sit back there and not be connected and not be submitted, he was trying to teach me something through my pastor. Well, he wasn't my pastor yet because I hadn't submitted. Now, I could, (laughs) don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, right? (laughs) She is, she's over there, exactly, (laughs) because she remembers and I would call him, I, I would call him Pastor Steele, but not from my heart. It was from my head. Because I was just calling him the title. It wasn't from my heart. But when I submitted to the word and I submitted to him as the pastor, now God could in fact use him to teach me something. Because now I was open to it. But until then, forget it. And I know, there were, I know there were great salvation messages preached while I sat back there. I know there were. But it didn't click until a family group event on a Wednesday night in Eudora. And Pastor Michelle showed up and explained from Genesis why it wasn't just enough to be a good person, that I was born a sinner, You know how many times I had probably heard that and it was going over my head and through my ears and I heard it and heard it and heard it? It finally clicked. It finally clicked because I submitted to the word, okay, it's true. It's true. I see see here where Adam screwed it all up and I had no choice but to be born in sin and I need a savior. It It was that clear. But until that point, I'm a good person. I'm fine. I don't need God. I mean, I know he exists, but why do I need him? I'm good. I'm not one good. Where did I learn that? In church, right? So now, now we're submitted. You're submitted. God can teach you something through his word and through people that are, that are bringing the word to you because that's part of bringing your supply, right? Submission, connection, 
brings us to a point where we will voluntarily be accountable to others. Not because I have to. I don't have to be accountable because I feel obligated. I want to be accountable. I want to be accountable to that spiritual authority. I want to be accountable to the word. If I want it to work for me, I need to be accountable to it. If I'm not accountable to it, guess what? I can take it and I can leave it because I'm not accountable to that. I'm only accountable to me. Sound familiar? Uh Now I'm back over in that selfish area. I'm over in that prideful area. No, I got to stay accountable and submitted to the word. Amen? Look at Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8, and it's a real familiar story of the centurion. Let's start in verse 5. And we're going to see, again, this word submission, how really it's a beautiful word. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I have in my Bible, Jesus was willing. He's still willing today. He was willing to go. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The centurion is saying this, I realize that it's my submission to authority and my role as a submitted man that has given me my power and authority. You see that? He recognized that just as he had military authority, Jesus had authority in another realm, and all he had to do was speak the word. You see that? So that's, that word submission, I think it gets, a bad, it gets a bad rap. It's a beautiful word. You know, I want to ask you a question, maybe a couple. What possibilities can be released in us if we learn God's alignment for our lives and then just submit to it? And, you know, I'll, I'll just bring it straight out. You're going to learn the plan in church. And then it's up to us. Okay, are we going to submit to it? Are we going to connect to it? Are we going to allow it? Are we going to allow God to work it through us? Are we going to walk it out? See, are we going to be accountable to what God has showed us? Or are we just going to fold it up, lay it aside? I don't need to be accountable to that. You all are accountable. You all are submitted. I believe that. You're submitted to what God wants you to do. You're connected. Because what do we say about faith builders? Being a faith builder is being connected. 
that's more than just a cute saying. That's the truth. Being a faith builder is being connected. It's being connected to the vision of the church. It's being connected to the spiritual authority. It's being connected to the plan of God for your life. Amen? What are the points of divinely ordered authority we need to accept? Just like the centurion's servant was healed by a release of faith, who or what in our lives will find healing, wholeness, or recovery if true connection is learned? You know, that's what I've said many times. By our connection to the vision, by our submission to the word, we don't know how many lives we might impact. We don't know whose life we're going to change. All by being connected to a divine vision given to our pastor to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. That's why in the, in the vision that we say at the end of our service, you and I will always be world changers. You are a world changer because you're connected to the vision. You have the ability to take what you've learned in the local church and go out and change someone else's world. You've been given that authority. Just like the centurion, you're submitted. So since you're submitted, now you've been given the authority to go out and do. Right? That's why it's not, and as our pastors have said this, it's not the Pastor Philip or the Pastor Michelle show. It's the Jesus show, if you want to call it that. You're connected to what Jesus, you're connected to what the Father and, the, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have given to our pastors as the vision. You're connected to that. You're submitted to that. And that's why you're growing, okay? A release of God's power will be released when we, as individuals and, and, and as a church, submit ourselves to him. There's a release of power that comes when we submit. It's not, there's no weakness in submission. And I think sometimes we hear submission and, and we hear, well, I'll submit and that person's just going to walk all over me. No, no. That's not what this means, not in the church. A release of God's power, connection, just like that amplifier, I got to connect it for the power to work. I got to connect to the power for it to flow through my life, right? The Bible is very clear. There is a God-ordained order for every area of our life. And where are you going to find that? In the local church. No one, regardless of what we may hear or is taught, it's not biblical, no one is, is a standalone believer. Amen. We are a church family. The, the body of Christ universally, right? And, and then this, this is your immediate family here. But we have a huge extended family of brothers and sisters in Christ. There is no standalone Lone Ranger believer, okay? Here's one. People submit on their job. They connect. They obey their boss, right? They bend over backwards. And then sometimes you get them in the church and they say, hey, we're all in charge here. (laughs) No, we're not. Now, you don't do this but you, we got to guard against that. There is a God-ordained order in the church. Amen. It, 
Look, we read it, we read it from Ephesians. The reason there's the God-ordained order for the pastor and the teacher, but the pastor specifically, is for the edifying and the maturing, the perfecting of all of us. We need it. We need it. If, if there's no pastor, who's going who's gonna to help you grow? You think the guy that sat in the back that didn't want to be here was going to help you grow? No. I had nothing for you. In fact, I was a, probably the person that would have pulled you out of church and said, hey, let's go over here. <laughs> and I wouldn't be going to church. <laughs> let's go over here and check out the ball game and let's do this and let's see. Do you see why you got to have a pastor? You got to have... See, Jesus is the shepherd, right? And then he has under shepherds. They're the pastor. Is the sheep necessarily going to recognize the wolf? Maybe, but is the pastor? Oh, yeah. Is the sheep going to correct another sheep? No. The pastor does that, right? If there's no pastor, it's out of order. And God is a God of order, right? There's protection. That's why I say that it's safe here. This is a safe place because there's a God-ordained order in this local church, right? You want to know three ways that you can stay safe? Commit your involvement within the church family. Just commit to it. And that's different for everybody. Nobody, nobody in here can commit to the same level as the person that's sitting next to you. So again, I didn't say compare yourself. That's not what I said. Just commit your involvement to whatever level that is. Commit your involvement within the church family. Number two, become a submitted Submit service as a member of the body of Christ. Submitted service, connected service to the body of Christ on whatever level that is to you. But connect and don't unplug. And then finally, acceptance of personal accountability to others in Christ. Personal accountability to others in Christ. You know, I have, and, and I'll use this word obligation in, in this context, I have an obligation, uh, responsibility, and accountability to my wife as her husband because of what the Word says. I have an accountability, an obligation to my brother and my sister because of what the Word says. Not because of what man says, but because of what the Word says. Where did I learn that? Where did you learn that? In the church. From a God-ordained pastor teaching from the word, not bringing opinion, but bringing you the word. That's what makes this church, I believe, so impactful, is that here's the word, you take it, there's no opinion, here's the word, what are you going to do with it? You're responsible for it. You hear it, you run with it. You're responsible for it. It's, it's never... Uh, a, a, an issue where we can turn around and blame God because <laughs> God's never the problem. The Word's never the problem. Amen. I'm the common denominator in my problems, right? How, how has it been taught? 
You name, you name the issue. Were you there? Yes. How about this issue? Were you there? Yes. How about that issue? Were you there? Yes. What do all three of those have in common? I was there. Well, then I must be the reason that the issue is occurring. It's not him. Because he's given me all the answers, right? Okay. So when God desires for this, what God desires for this ministry is going to require connectivity from each and every one of us. And I believe that all of you all are doing a great job of connecting. You want to be here. But my job today was just to encourage you to understand why. You want to come to church to be part of something bigger than yourself. And you are. You are. It's so much bigger than anything that you could do on your own. Uh, You want to come to church to see not only your life changed, but others around you change. You know, the, the, uh, the power and the ability that is in this local church to rebuild lives, it's, it's unmatched, I believe, of any place. And, you know, I'm not real versed in, in church attendance, but I, but I have gone here quite a while. And I'm pretty consistent. And I've seen lives changed over and over and over and over. But do you know what it always took? Commitment upon that person to be here over and over and over again. That's the reason why pastor says, give your life six months in this church to come as often as you can when the doors are open. If you can be here, be here. Why? Because your life will change. And it has nothing to do with personality or, or with, with who's behind the pulpit. It's this. Because you're submitting to the word. You're submitting to what's being taught here. And you know what's taught here. Faith. Faith in Jesus. Faith in his word. Right? Healing. Prosperity. All things that are found from the word. Your life will change. Your life has changed. It's getting better. But it can get even better. There's no cap. Why do you think pastor has spent weeks upon weeks about removing the limits? identifying the limits, no limits. We have to, God has removed the cap. He has no limits. We have to remove them. And then we can get, everything God has for us, for you personally and for us as a ministry, will be received by faith. There's no getting around it. Let's take the limit off of our thinking. Amen? Amen? Because this church is going places. And you are right in the middle of it. Because you're connected, you're accountable, and you're submitted. And there's nothing God won't do for a person like that.